Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. I'm finally back in the United States of America. Oh my gosh, that sounded so dramatic. Anyways, I'm back, everybody. I feel like I've been gone for like ever, even though the last post show that I did was with Reg when we did the all-in predictions on literally Thursday. So that isn't even too long ago. But uh, anyways, I'm back to my normal uh, streams. This is still going to be a crazy week because I am going to be at All Out in Chicago. So I was gone in London for at least five days. And then I came back and I'm going to be here literally for two days today and tomorrow. So tomorrow I will be here with Reg to talk about Dynamite. And then immediately on Thursday, I fly out to Chicago and I'll be in Chicago Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I come back Monday to Los Angeles. Um, so it's literally been just like a crazy uh, travel week. And on top of that, I don't know how many of you guys were following the news, but it uh, turns out that yesterday, the entire air control center in the United Kingdom went down and I'm thinking to myself of all the days of all the times for this to go down it happens uh when I'm there in Europe and obviously not just me but thousands and thousands of people were affected and so it was kind of crazy because there was like all this madness in the airport and people were trying to figure out where to go I almost got on the wrong flight and then there was another 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 thing where there was people in line in my gate where there was people going to Washington and Los Angeles and everybody was so confused. It was a hot mess, but they ended up figuring it out. And thankfully my 10 hour flight back home, actually almost 11 hours, I think a little bit over 11 hours. It was a long one. Ended up not being so bad only because I had uh, the entire road to myself. So no one sat next to me, literally like my plane was half empty. So if you were traveling by yourself, chances are you got your own row uh, on the airplane. So that was really freaking great. I love that. Like, honestly, I don't know if I can go back now. I honestly truly do not know if I can go back to having to share seats, but I'm definitely going to have to, especially on my way to Chicago because those flights are always freaking full. But anyways, we got NXT to talk about everyone. This was kind of a fun show. Uh, and so just a heads up to everybody, I didn't get to watch NXT Heat Wave last week. So I was literally catching up with all all of the videos and stuff that they were showing on um, that they were showing on the actual broadcast today. So that's pretty much I had to fill in a lot of gaps. Obviously, I knew the results and everything because I keep up with that stuff. So I make sure I'm fully aware of what actually happened on the show, but I didn't actually get to see the entire thing. So anyways, um, as for today's NXT, though, I felt like given that Here's the thing that I've been noticing about NXT the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks, NXT, or maybe for a while now, NXT really makes sure to like stack up their show where I feel like we're sitting here and we got like so many different things to touch on. I think the last time I was here, we had like 12 different topics from a two hour NXT show alone. There's times where like I'm covering SmackDown and we literally got like three to five topics. And so that's one of the things that I have been enjoying about NXT. And today, the meat of the show were a couple of things. It was the Creed Brothers, and we're going to get into them in a second. It was the women's match, the Fatal 4-Way to determine the new number one contender and I want to start off by saying that I really loved the way that they built up the anticipation 
for that match, which ended up being the main event of NXT. And then the other thing that took up a majority of the show was the NXT, what are they calling it? The NXT Global Heritage Tournament Cup uh, Invitational, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, we're doing the Global Heritage Invitational. There you go. So that took up a little bit of the show too. But for the most part, I thought that today's NXT felt pretty pretty okay especially given that if you're coming into the show and you missed the week before I felt like pretty uh I didn't feel confused at all is what I'm saying so that's a good sign but let's get into some super chats and then we'll run down what actually went down uh on the show uh Steven sends in a super chat saying not having a live podcast party for a week hurts the heart happy you are back Denise and glad you have a blast at all in everyone go watch the vid so it is weird and even like logging on to today's today's stream I was very excited because um, my favorite part of my job is not it's funny because a lot of people always ask me if or rather a lot of people think that the step up especially if you're a female and you are in pro wrestling they think that the step up is becoming a backstage interviewer for example and working with like different promotions and for a long time i really did think that that was going to be like the end all be all type of goal and then i realized that my heart and my soul and my passion is not only in wrestling media but it is in podcasting wrestling podcasting has my heart has my soul has my spirit and so when i'm not podcasting i feel like there's a big piece of me missing and so Yes, even though my last show was on Thursday, because I'm so used to doing so many shows on here, uh, I miss being on here as well. Uh, so thank you so much to Steven for sending in this super chat. Jared sends in a generous super chat saying a super chat for the Twitter BS this past weekend. <laughs> Uh, Jared, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Sheldon Jackson says that main event ending was kind of disappointing. It makes no sense for Kiana to win just to have a heel versus heel match for the women's title next week. So that was definitely something that I wasn't necessarily expecting. And, um, you know what? Because I'm seeing a lot of people talk about this right now, we're going to kick it off with the women's stuff. So here we go, guys. Usually I like to go in order, but screw it. We're going to start off with the women's stuff. Uh, shout out to Sheldon Jackson for getting us going. So let's talk about this because we had a fatal four-way match to determine the new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. So the winner of the uh, fatal four-way match between Gigi Dolan, Roxanne Perez, Blair Davenport, and Kiana James would then go on to face Tiffany Stratton, our current champion, next week on NXT. So one of the things that I mentioned at the top of the show is that I really loved what NXT did in regards to building up this match because I was kind of a little bit out of the loop in terms of what was going to be on today's show because I just didn't have the time to go and look at the card or anything that was announced specifically for today. And so when I went on and they're promoting this fatal four-way and I'm thinking, oh, okay, cool. We're getting a fatal four-way. Nice. But throughout the entire show, we were getting all of these different promos. So all of the girls spoke and I was a big fan because they built this main event up to feel like a big deal. They gave the women not just the main event spot, but they also gave them a nice story throughout the two hours of NXT. So what you got was like some really kick-ass promos. Like Roxanne Perez's promo. Going into this match, I thought Roxanne 
was going to win solely on her promo alone because we've been kind of seeing this new version of Roxanne Perez and she goes out there and she cuts this promo and she is basically saying that she's so sick and tired of people saying that she has a potential, that her potential is is going to be happening and that she's so young and her career is barely going, barely getting going and all of this. And she's like, no, I want things to happen now. I want my career to start now. And so I thought, okay, I'm liking this kind of feisty, very confident Roxanne because prior to this, a lot of Roxanne Perez's promos and stuff, she's always kind of had the same thing going where it's the very sweet, I made it to WWE type of promos. And so this is the first time we were kind of seeing this like edgier side of Roxanne. So I went into this going, I'm sold. Roxanne's winning this. She said it. She said, this is it. This is happening for her right now. And I'm thinking, here we go, right? And then we had another one that I really liked. This one was from Blair. And Blair says, and this she is more along the lines of, she enjoys her opponents feeling pain. She enjoys seeing them suffer, whatever. And she says that today she's going to get the price of, uh, she's going to get three for the price of one, right? So I thought that was really good. But the person's promo who I, aside from Roxanne, really liked was Kiana James. So Kiana James, for the most part on NXT, has had, she's been featured but she hasn't been featured the same way that girls like Roxanne or Lyra or Tiffany or Blair have. All of those girls have kind of been featured in more of a real, like you look at them and you're like, oh, she's a real competitor. Versus the way that they've been presenting Kiana James is that she's always, she hasn't been bad at all, but they never presented her in the same light as they did the other women. So I personally think that that is why a lot of us were surprised when Kiana James actually got the victory because she had not been presented in that same light uh, in the months prior. But with that being said, like even just talking about her promo for today, she is really good at being a mean girl. She's a totally different type of mean girl than Tiffany Stratton, but she's still good at being the mean girl. And so she comes out and she's making fun of all the girls. And it was very hilarious because she's touching on, you know, their sad lives. And she's making fun of Gigi Dolan for having all of these family issues. And she's like, success is, be is measured by action. And so I liked all of what Kiana James had to say. I thought she she nailed it. But even with all of that, I wasn't actually expecting her to win. We get this match. And this should have been the other sign, by the way. The other sign that we should have realized what was going to happen is that we did not have entrances for Roxanne or Gigi. Roxanne and Gigi did not have televised entrances today. The only ones that had entrances were Kiana and she got a new entrance too. She's got like this helicopter thing going for her. So she's supposed to be, as we know, like, you know, a little bit more on the luxurious side of things. And so she's got her helicopter showing up on her, on her Tron and she's got the little chopper sound going. So she got a brand new entrance. And then of course, Blair got her entrance as well. And so I'm thinking, Hmm, that's interesting. They didn't give Roxanne or Gigi an entrance. 
And then again, I still didn't read too much into it, but that was another kind of giveaway of what we were going to end up seeing for this match. Now, the match itself, I thought was pretty okay. It was more so that the finish didn't feel like a strong enough finish. So let me talk about what went down. Some of the highlights during this match, some of the things that really stood out to me was the beginning of this match. There was a moment where all of the girls were doing like this roll up pin attempt on each other. And the way that they kind of did it was one girl would go on the other one, then the other one, then the other one. I don't know how to explain it, but it, it looked really pretty cool, actually. So like the choreography, the chore- the, the way that it was choreographed at the top of this the top of this match actually kind of worked out pretty nicely because you were seeing all the girls kind of do cool things with one another so it worked out pretty nicely the other thing that really stood out to me was Blair's freaking double double stomps she had a couple there was one early in the match when she got it on I believe it was Gigi yeah on Gigi's back that was brutal there was another moment where Roxanne Perez is on the outside and she hits her pop rocks on Gigi Dolan. I thought that was another good moment. And here's what happened in the end. So in the end, we see Roxanne hit the pop rocks on Blair and Blair kind of shimmies out of the ring. And so that kind of messes Roxanne up there and she kind of gets a little frustrated and behind her comes up Gigi and takes advantage of Roxanne's frustration there. But they kind of go back and forth and it kind of looks like Roxanne's okay. At first I thought Gigi was going to defeat Roxanne there, maybe by distraction or something along those lines, but that didn't end up happening. So they're kind of taking care of business. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, um, what do you call it? Uh, freaking Kiana James comes in and she takes out both Gigi and Roxanne and she gets the win. And here's the thing about this though is that usually when these finishes happen like this, the they come in and they're super hard hitting, right? Like the finish is strong and it feels very strong. That was the only thing I did not like about this match was I didn't have a problem with Kiana James winning at all. I had no problem with that. It was more so the finish. I didn't feel like it came across in a way that made me believe that she truly, truly took out both of these women and kept them and kept... um. And kept, uh, who was it, Gigi Dolan down for the three count. That was the only problem that I had with this match was that I wasn't completely sold on the finish where they didn't really truly make me believe like, okay, man, she came in, she took out both these girls and bam, that was a strong way for her to end. That was the only criticism I had of this. But other than that, I'm totally cool with seeing Kiana James take on Tiffany Stratton. I know someone said like the heel versus heel thing. I'm okay with that. Uh, again, they're very different types of heels and I, I I don't necessarily mind that too much so I thought that having Kiana James go up against Tiffany Stratton I'm looking forward to that match and it's going to be taking place next week so I think for the most part they did good the only thing was that finish that was the only thing that kind of took me out of it but other than that uh, I thought it was a nice win for the women on NXT especially again with the build-up to this match. Um, so, all right, thank you to Sheldon Jackson for getting us going uh, there as well. Um, this is another one from Heidi Ho, who says, no disrespect to any other divisions, but NXT has the best women's division. They're killing it right now. So, I mean, if you're just talking about, like, WWE right now, and you're just talking about, like, the main roster and NXT, it's hard to say because... When you think about like the best division, you got to think about like who's in it, right? And and you may have a lot of really great people in the division, but 
what truly makes a division great is that there's effort being put behind the stories, behind the matches, that there is an actual effort being put and that you're seeing the women get the kind of storylines and the kind of time that the men would get, right? And so I feel that NXT is the best in terms of WWE in giving them actual stories and time and kind of really making them feel like they matter on the show. But of course, when you think about just best in terms of roster, then of course that's the main roster because they're just on a different level, man. Like they're just on a different level. When you got Becky and Charlotte and Bianca and all these other people, they're just on a totally different level. But in terms of the way that they're actually taking times with stories, uh, yes, NXT is definitely killing it on that end for sure. Um, thank you so much to Heidi Ho for sending uh, this in. Uh, we got another one here from Sam Piboon who says, did you know about Becky Lynch will be uh, at NXT next week to have a match with Tiffany at NXT No Mercy for the NXT Women's Championship? Okay, so um, I don't know. I didn't see that. So if someone can please clarify on that situation there, because I'm a little bit, um, I told you guys, I missed NXT Heat Wave last week. So I'm a little bit, I'm trying to get back into the loop of things here, guys. I missed one show and I'm back and I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, so just someone please clarify that to me uh, in the chat. Actually, I got Kyler up here. So Kyler probably can clarify for me. Um, but thank you so much to Sam and I'll have a better answer for you in just a second. Um, all right. So the other thing we have one is from Stephen Marchuli. Thank you so much to Steve. Even who says um, NXT women's division, best booking and storylines in wrestling, Roxanne, future world champion on main roster. And guys, like I know the topic of women's wrestling is coming up because this is a topic that we've been constantly talking about uh, throughout pro wrestling and even more recently. So, and this is something that Reg and I talk a whole lot about on Wednesday's AEW dynamite pro show, because a lot of people bring it up guys and point blank. Uh, a lot of companies and a lot of shows and there still needs to be a lot more done, a lot more help, a lot more effort put into the women's division. Uh, there are a couple of people that are getting it right right now. Uh, Impact's always been on that one. They've always been getting it right with the women. Uh, NXT, Shawn Michaels has done a pretty damn good job with that too, uh, especially with, uh, you know, with he's, he's, there have been, a lot of girls on NXT that have been slowly climbing up that ladder in the sense that there's times where you just tend to see the same women over and over and over again. And I feel like NXT has done a good job of building up these new names because you're getting a lot of new girls, a lot of girls that like you just started seeing them and all of a sudden you're like, what's happening? Uh you know, and so, for example, I know a lot of people were shocked with Kiana James, but when I think back to everything that we've been seeing with Kiana James on NXT, she's somebody that's had storylines. We've seen her in plenty of matches. She's got her character down. So, yes, it was surprising, but she is still somebody that we've been seeing on a consistent basis. And I feel like having her in this match against Tiffany Stratton is only going to help her uh, even more so down the line. So that is definitely something that, again, like I said, I know we're surprised, but I feel like it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I like that. Um, all right. Thank you so much to Stephen Marchuli. And we got a super chat here from Will Chisholm who says, I got a theory that if it's true that Becky will be working with Tiffany at No Mercy, I think they will do Roxanne's Tiffany. I think they will do Roxanne's 
Tiffany at SummerSlam week or Royal. Oh, okay. Roxanne versus Tiffany at SummerSlam week or Royal Rumble week. Okay. So, all right. Let me just get caught up here. So Phil R299, thank you so much to Phil R who says, uh, Tiffany's name dropped Becky last week on Heat Wave and it was in the crowd yesterday on Raw. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you. I did recall reading the Tiffany name dropping uh, Becky Lynch. I do recall seeing that last week. And okay. So, <laughs> All right, let's talk about this for a second because, and this is going back to Sam Pie Boone's super chat here. So one of the things we've been talking about on NXT a whole lot is all of the people that we've been seeing from the main roster. Shit, Rhea Ripley, Dominic Mysterio. Um, today we saw the Street Profits. We've got literally Butch in this tournament. He's also part of the main roster. We've got um, Baron Corbin, who's now down there. There are so many people that I'm naming right now. We've seen Seth Rollins do a program on NXT. We obviously saw the New Day. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're putting a lot more main roster people that are popping up on NXT. And I feel like it's definitely helped because we have been seeing like the NXT numbers do pretty damn good. And so with that being said, uh, if they were to do something between Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch, I definitely see it as a possibility because again, We've been getting a lot of main roster people uh, working with NXT people. So it wouldn't necessarily be too surprising. So I'm happy that they are actually uh, doing that. I like that. Well, they haven't officially said anything, so that's not official yet. But at least the the teasing is definitely there. Um, all right. So back to Will Chisholm Super Chat, who says that his theory was that if it's true that Becky will be working with Tiffany at No Mercy, I think they will do Roxanne versus Tiffany at SummerSlam or Royal Rumble Week. So here's the thing with Roxanne. Roxanne Perez, it was very surprising when they took the championship off of her. And we were here, I was here talking about it going like, what the hell are they doing? What, what the hell is this? Like, I was not like, I thought like, I thought she was going to the main roster. Like, I seriously thought that that was the reason why they took the belt off of her. And Roxanne to me is almost in this weird spot right now on NXT where she's not in the position where clearly she's not the champion right now. We know that. And it almost feels like it would be too soon for her to be champion because Tiffany Stratton really just got this bout. The only feud that she's, I think the only defense she's even had was the one against Thea Hale because she wrestled Thea Hale a couple of times. And that's kind of been about it. It still feels like there's a lot more that can be done there with Tiffany Stratton. So it does feel too too early to necessarily take the belt off of Tiffany to put it back on Roxanne. But here's the thing with Roxanne. Roxanne's Perez's uh, reign was cut so extremely short. It almost didn't feel like it made sense at all. And you're kind of sitting there going like, what? This is what's going on with Roxanne? What is this? What are we doing? Like, she never technically lost the belt. Like, what are we doing here? And so it was very weird because, again, she's not at, like, going like she's it seems like it's clear they're not going to give her the championship right right away like right now or a couple weeks ago but she's also not in the position to be like on the low portion of the roster so I feel like what they've been doing with Roxanne is more so focusing on making her a little bit more edgy because that's literally what they did with her uh last pay-per-view match like it's very clear that 
with the weapons wild match. It's very clear that they kind of want to shift a little bit of Roxanne's uh, presence when she comes to the ring and how she acts and how she's portrayed. So I feel like they've been kind of focusing in a little bit more on that. So it would make sense to me, Will, is if they push this Roxanne-Tiffany Stratton match uh, a little bit further instead of that happening at No Mercy, which clearly doesn't seem like it, especially right now that, you know, she, she, she kind of got a little bit... I'm not going to say she got screwed in this match, but she did have a moment where it did seem like she was going to win, but technically she didn't get screwed. So Roxanne Perez, it's probably going to be a while. And they're uh, maybe, like you said, pushing it for later on, for later on in the year, later, later on. Royal Rumble week would be good. It's only a couple months away. Literally only a couple months away. All right, Will Chisholm, basically what I want to say is I, I kind of like your theory. I really do like your theory there. All right, um, okay, let's see what else we got here. We got a couple of... Um we got a couple of other super chats that I need to read that were in regards to other topics. So let me kind of rewind here. Uh, we got one from Yes Boy who says, Denise, I remember you mentioned you saw an AEW fan sign that said all elote wrestling. What are some memorable fan signs that you've seen live attending? So yes, there was one. And I'm pretty sure I probably screenshotted it and posted it on Twitter. Uh, the all elote wrestling. I think that one was the show that they did in San Diego. Or it might have been El Paso. They did it somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what show it was, but I do remember that particular sign. In person, though, um, damn, you know what? In person, nothing's really coming to mind, which is weird because I've literally been to every AEW pay-per-view since they reopened up in the pandemic. Like, I have not missed one AEW pay-per-view. I think because I'm always just so focused on what the hell is being done in the ring. Maybe I'm not like looking around and reading signs. Shit. Oh my God. Oh, this one's going to bother me. Yes, boy. I'm going to be thinking about this one for a while. Anyway, so All Elote Wrestling was a good one, but that one was on TV. I can't think of one that really stood out to me in person. But I will say this, though, I always see so many scissors. Like every time I go, uh, there's always like so many in the audience uh, and a lot of really cool. Uh, a lot of people, you know what I noticed? Actually, a lot of people do cosplay at AEW events. I feel like I actually see a lot of people cosplaying uh, at the shows with a bunch of different people, primarily, of course, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy and, and a lot of stings, too. I do see a lot of stings, but um. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and press on from here. And we got a super chat from uh, Christopher Smith. Thank you so much for this generous super chat. Christopher says, I enjoyed NXT. Creed's looked great. Women's Fatal 4-Way with vignettes and do the match fire. Uh, Heritage Tourney is going to slap. I do have an idea. What if Brian Pillman debuts at the tourney? Cheers. Well, they have already announced everybody who's in the tournament, by the way. And so I actually forgot to upload the picture, but I will upload it in a second. And uh, dude, by the way, Brian Pillman, I, um, whenever he does debut and whatever, you know, is decided to be done with Brian Pillman, I'm Brian Pillman Jr. I'm really looking forward to it is whatever he does, because I really do feel like AEW had a lot more that they could have done with him. And I really feel like there was a moment, um, for those of you who recall, he was part of a tag team with Griff Garrison 
as the varsity blondes and they were pretty over for a good little period like I remember them having long lines people being interested in them and then they were kind of starting to be treated like jobbers and there was a I did also really enjoy the program with Brian Pillman Jr. and MJF and so that's another thing that I like so with that being said I really do think that there's a lot more that could have been done with Brian Pillman Jr. and it's kind of a shame that that wasn't seen. So I do hope that, you know, things work out for him for sure. Because I'm a fan of the guy. I really am. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, non-NXT related, but I wanted to ask your thoughts on Will Ospreay having a match at Impact's Bound for Glory this year and Impact 1000 with Team 3D reuniting for a match as well as Awesome Kong. So, dude, I've been seeing, because obviously I do a lot of, like, Impact Wrestling interviews and stuff. And... What they've been promoting so far for Impact 1000 and everything that they've they've been having a lot of freaking events, by the way. And then, of course, Bound for Glory is coming up in uh, October. And so everything that they've been announcing for the shows, I love that they're kind of going all out. And I love that Impact 1000, dude, 1000 freaking episodes. And I know a lot of people like to shit on Impact. Like, let's be real. I know a lot of people like to shit on Impact, but they have so many freaking classic moments and memories that have happened on the shows. And even me, like, I don't get to watch Impact every week. I really don't. Like, I try my hardest to keep up, uh, especially because I actually like so much of the talent that's on the shows. But I feel also in regards to your question about Will Ospreay, I feel that I was just watching Will Ospreay at Rev Pro prior to All In. And man, it is just crazy to me. First of all, I want to applaud his work ethic because one of the things that he was talking about uh, after his uh, Rev Pro victory was he was kind of talking about all of the flights and how he had gone from like one place to another and back to America and back to the UK. And I don't remember his schedule. It was insane. And you got to think about this. Like going back and forth and traveling within itself is exhausting. But when your job is to actually be physical in the ring and do shit like that, like it's insane. Like when I think about Will Ospreay's schedule and the fact that it doesn't matter if there's like 200 people in the building, 10,000 people or 81 or 81, 80,000, whatever people in the freaking building, the man goes like he is always aiming for like a five star match. Like the dude freaking works hard. So, yeah, um, I think that's freaking awesome. Uh, Sheldon Jackson, thank you so much for bringing this up. I love how we're getting a huge variety of questions. This is probably because I've been uh, I've been MIA since Thursday. So there's a lot to catch up on by the way i want to take a second really quickly right now and say to the people that are not in the united states international fans i'm primarily going to be touching on the uk fans here for a second i cannot believe and if you're watching at some point please let me know your thoughts in the comments or by god if you're awake at this hour let me know in the chat I was thinking about this while I was there. It is so incredibly hard to watch wrestling live when you are in the UK. Because in London, AEW, Raw, NXT, SmackDown, all these shows start at 1 in the morning, guys. 1 in the morning, I would not be watching wrestling at one in the morning. That is, it's, it's too much. It's too much. And so like I missed a bunch of shows because of the timing and the schedule. And so I want to take a second and applaud the fans from the UK and other international places with really 
shitty time zones uh, for wrestling because you really do have to go out of your way, make time in your day to watch wrestling, uh, watch these shows that already went by, already passed. You can literally go on Twitter and see all of the results and spoilers and everything on there. You can just read the results or go listen to your favorite podcast, whatever the situation is. And so I seriously applaud people that make the time to fit it in their day, especially when they are not able to watch live. It is hard. It is hard, guys. Like after, like if I slept through a show, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just read the results. I'm going to go back and watch. I'm just going to read what happened. Uh, it is hard. So yeah, I want to take a second and applaud people because here, uh, especially in the West Coast, uh, in the United States, we're freaking spoiled. We're freaking spoiled. All right. I'm pressing on from here. And um, let me see where I am at. All right, here we go. Cadillac Carson sends in a super chat saying, I want to see what happens if Roman Reigns pops up on NXT. It may just be trying to pop a rating, but it would still be pretty sweet. Dude, it would be, uh, I would love to see what that number would look like. And of course, with like promotion though, I would want to see that promoted. But at the same time, personally, guys, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I don't know if I would be too crazy about it. Is that weird? I don't know what my feelings are for that. I just... I know that we're seeing so many big names. Of course, we got Seth Rollins. We've seen AJ Styles. We're getting Rhea Ripley. Uh, we're seeing possibly Becky Lynch. I mean, we're seeing a lot of big names already. But Roman Reigns is on an entirely different, uh, an entirely different portion. He's in an entirely different league, in my opinion, especially right now. Like specifically speaking, right now, and so. It would be kind of crazy. And I don't know, who would you give the Roman Reigns rub to on the show? The only person that I would say that I would love to see Roman Reigns give the rub to specifically on that show is Ilya Dragunov. I would lose my shit. I would literally lose my shit. I would come out here and just be like, all praise NXT or whatever. Uh, all hail NXT. <laughs> That's how I would literally be because I fucking love Ugh. I love Ilya Dragunov. Try it. I'm trying not to curse on here. Uh, Bear Hudson says, Denise Salcedo, you're an inspirational to... Let me read that again. You are an inspiration to women and little girls of color. Even in adversity, you still shine bright like a diamond. Continue to shine. Bear Hudson, man. Thank you so much for that super chat. I seriously appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate all of the kind words uh, that people sent to me uh, publicly, privately. Uh, a lot of really awesome people that have been uh, showing their support to me and to my work. Because above everything, guys, anybody here who watches my videos, who tunes into my live streams, you guys know that my work to me is absolutely everything. And I, my reputation is everything to me. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. Fair Hudson, thank you so much for the super chat. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, USA Network tweeted Monday night that they want Tiffany on Raw. Oh boy, and she's got the personality, guys. She's got the look. She's the total freaking package. Uh, Christopher Smith says, also love Lola Vice for, for obvious reasons, but I'm happy Lola got the W tonight. She's over. Christopher Smith, where's the, I'm going to put you in horny jail. Am I allowed to say horny on YouTube? I'm pretty sure I'm able to say, actually, I have in the past. Never mind. I have said it. Uh, I hate the word, actually. But, 
we're gonna what's the mean the mean with the little dog and the little bat we're gonna put you in horny jail all right but that is one of the things that i'm gonna talk about actually i might as well talk about it right now um so on the show, we got a women's tag team match, which was Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. They've been teaming up together now for a couple of weeks uh, versus Dana and Kehlani. And the thing that really stood out to me in this match is that the fans are really into Lola. Now, Lola is uh, Valerie Loretta, by the way. Uh, she former MMA fighter. I, I don't know if she's still fighting, actually. I think she's completely given herself into WWE. I'm not entirely too sure. Don't take my word for it. But, uh, you know, she used to fight for Bellator. And, uh, dude, I literally spoke to her months before WrestleMania 39 when she had just started training at the Performance Center. And she was just kind of getting, you know, starting to get a feel for wrestling, starting to do it. And so uh, you can watch that interview. It's up here on the channel. You can watch it. And um, she seems really passionate. And she seems really, the girl wants to be a star. That's what I'm going to say. The girl wants to be a star. And based on the little bit of appearances that we've seen her do so far on NXT TV, she's only been on like a handful of times, guys. Like it hasn't even been that much. And for her to get that reaction already, in my opinion, was uh, definitely a good sign for her. Uh, definitely a good sign. Um, one of the things that I like, obviously, she has a great look. Point blank. She has a great look. And but one of the things that she's just she's she is an athlete, guys. She's an athlete. And I love her roundhouse kick. She had a really nice roundhouse kick today uh, on the match. And uh, when she did it, I'm like, bro, you know, those ceiling fans that you see up in the freaking ceiling and they're like spinning very nicely. <laughs> Lola kick reminded me of a ceiling fan that thing just goes man and it looks smooth i even feel a little chill in the air uh i'm going off on a tangent anyways level of eyes uh she's she's looking like it's going pretty good for her so far on nxt uh, again this match was fine like this wasn't like a you know oh my god type of match or anything like that it was pretty much what you probably expected from the competitors that uh, were in it was fine uh but yeah it's going good for lola vice so far uh bear hudson has been a member for uh seven months uh from the dwo says thank you for being an inspiration to all of us thank you so much to bear hudson uh we got a super chat here from warhammer who is known for making streams fun warhammer says imagine some those Tosti locos with lettuce, cucumber, shredded beef, sour cream, queso, chamoy, and limon, and watching NXT. So, by the way, you're mentioning all this food, Warhammer. And um, when I was in London, <laughs> I thought, this is so embarrassing, I thought that I had lost weight because I was walking a lot. Uh, I accidentally didn't have dinner for three days. Don't ask. Uh, it was a uh, shit happens. And there was literally like no options for dinner in uh, the by the time I came out in like the areas that I was in. So I got screwed out of dinner three times uh, and literally was stuck eating like random ass food uh, anyways. And so. I thought, oh my gosh, I probably lost weight in London. So I came today all excited to weigh myself in the bathroom. I go into the bathroom. I'm all excited, getting my little scale. And I'm four pounds heavier than when I left to London. What the hell is in your guys' food? I'm 
what is happening? I left here four pounds lighter. <laughs> How did this happen? Um, I have no idea. Um, I don't know what's going on in London. I thought I came back lighter. Didn't happen. Did not happen. I'm very upset by that. All right. Yes, boy. Sends in a super chat saying the freak is going on with the angel and Umber- the freak is going on with Angel and Bertha. Denise, how would you react if you woke up with scratches like that? I'm booking an exorcism appointment. Uh, it has happened, actually. Um, I don't know if this happens to anybody here watching, but uh, I've woken up with scratches. have no idea how it happened and just moved about my day. Just moved about my day. Uh, Brandon Rosen says, thoughts on Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. Rest in peace. Um, guys, it's been really, really sad to see I talked about this a lot on Busted Open because on Busted Open, we obviously it's a three hour show. So we broke down and talked about just like legacy and life and just everything. And I will tell you that whenever you see someone pass away, it doesn't matter if they're young or older or, you know, if you knew them personally or if they were a celebrity, you always get brought back into this like world where you start every day, guys. We get caught up in daily life, right? You get caught up in your job. You get caught up in your friendships and your relationships. And then when someone passes away, again, celebrity, not celebrity, it kind of brings you back into reality where all of a sudden you're like, this is life and it sucks. And uh, when I was talking about it on Busted Open and it's just not fun to talk about. It's not fun to talk about. It really sucks. And uh, two different situations, of course, with both Bray and Terry. Um, When someone is older, there's at least the, you know, they were able to live life. When someone is a lot younger, like Bray was, 36 years old, uh, a lot of us are probably around that age. I don't know how old everybody here is watching, but it really just reminds you that life is fragile and you got to cherish every second of it. Every second of it. You got to cherish. You got to take care of it. And they both left different legacies, but lasting legacies for both Terry and Bray. KW says DWO4444 life. Thank you so much for sending in this super chat. Uh, KW. Uh, Stephen Marchulli says thoughts on Lyra Valkyria on main roster. Remember a famous woman once said haters gun hate. Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, man. She's the freaking queen. I love Lyra Valkyria, guys. She's phenomenal. Um, I want to see her do great things. I've put her over so many times here on NXT. Uh, she's proven herself over and over. And I think big stuff are ahead of her juju sends in a super chat saying i see lyra valkyria dethroning tiffany at some point since roxanne's call up is eminent and so is tiffany since she's going to be feuding with becky lyra is going to be the new flag barrier of nxt so to me lyra valkyria because here's the thing when tiffany came in when tiffany stratton got started on nxt she still had she still had a, a little bit of a ways to go, right? Like we all remember when we first started seeing Tiffany Stratton, she still had a little bit of ways to go. And so for Tiffany to see her growth and to see all of that, it's been great. But we saw there was baby steps. We saw her steps. We saw her path. We saw her journey. With Lyra, she came in and she was just, you know, a little bit on a different, a different little bit of a different level. So she kind of came in and she skipped a bunch of steps and she was like, 
right there front and freaking center like this girl came into nxt and like quickly shot up man uh and of course that's due to you know everybody's different uh backgrounds and different experience levels and all of that we get to see a little bit of a mixture on nxt and so lyra i really do think that that match that she had with rhea ripley was truly the match that I think opened a lot of people's eyes and went, holy shit, like this girl, she should be on the main roster because she did a phenomenal freaking job. And I think that match is literally the catalyst for a lot of what we're seeing happen with her uh, in the following weeks afterwards. And she is just going to continue to do great things because Lyra Valkyra is really freaking good. And even like when, when was it? Uh, the last time that I was here, I was even talking about like her and Dragon Lee and how they had literally how they had this like um, little backstage interaction and two people that you wouldn't even expect to have chemistry. They had like this odd chemistry that kind of worked. Uh, and if, I didn't get to see their match on Heat Wave, but uh, regardless, I really like Lyra a whole lot. Um, Mike Parker sends in a super chat saying Lola, Vo Lola Vice is going to be a big star. Should be fun to watch her pro uh, progress. Yeah, uh, I feel like she's good. I hope we see a progression for her the way that we did for Tiffany Stratton. Because if we do going to go very well for Lola. Uh, Darf Steven says, Denise with the first world food problems. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> sorry guys, I'm full of London stories. So in the media room, or not the media room, the press box for All In, um, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I'm picky here with my food. Now, imagine when there's uh, food that I'm not used to in another place. I'm going to be a little picky. I'm going to be a little picky. So they had like four options, I think, for food. One of them was salmon. Uh, I don't eat seafood at all. So that was out of the question. Uh, they had uh, chicken, but they ran out because I didn't get the chicken on time. And then there was uh, pasta. And but I looked at the pasta and I'm like, Where's the pasta? Because the whole thing was just meat. And I'm not a huge meat eater. And so I looked at that and I was like, oh, God, I ain't going to eat that. So I didn't eat. And I was sitting there starving because I was being too freaking picky and didn't want to eat like the options that I had. Right. And so <laughs> and so and so then finally, uh. Hunger gets to you guys. If you're hungry, you're gonna eat what's there. So I said, fuck it. I'm gonna go get this meaty ass pasta. So I go get the meaty pasta. And guys, this is gonna sound very wrong, but I've never had this much meat in my entire life. People like to pack up their meat in the UK, man. It was literally this little box, okay? And I'm gonna say 90% of what was in this box which shredded, I don't even know what it was. I think it was beef. I'm not even too sure. Uh, and then in the bottom, there was like a little bit of pasta. I was so hungry. I freaking ate that, guys. I, I, I actually ate a pretty damn good amount. And then I gained four pounds because of it. So uh, <laughs> there you go. And then whatever. So I continued watching the show. And then it came down like a freaking angel falling from the sky. I was sitting down because I was still really, really hungry because I only ate so much, right? And I'm starving. All of a sudden, Sean comes and he's like, they took out Snickers. And that Snickers that he brought was like 
I don't know how to explain it, guys. It was like a miracle. I was never happier in my life to see a Snickers bar uh, than that second that I had my Snickers bar at the press box. I tore that up, man. And I gained four pounds. All right. KW sends in a super chat saying uh, Denise couldn't have dinner in the UK because it's usually tea time at 3 p.m. No dinner time. Yeah. And then didn't help that I woke up late and then would go get like breakfast and all of that stuff. The breakfast was really good. I will give it to the people in the UK. They got some really good hash browns. Uh, Their hash browns were phenomenal. Uh, Mixed it in with some egg. Really good egg. Really good hash browns. Um, I didn't like the way the sausage looked, so I didn't get the sausage. I didn't like the way the bacon looked either, so I didn't get the bacon. Uh, I'm very, very particular with that type of stuff. And if it doesn't look, if it looks a little weird, I ain't going to eat it. So uh, unless I'm really hungry. And that happened. Uh, we got a brand new DWO member in the house. Uh, Britt Baker, DMD fan, just became a member of the YouTube channel. And just in time because uh, the All In London vlog is going to be going up very, very soon. Exclusive for YouTube members. Um, I got to work on that. So give me a second. It'll probably go up tomorrow if all goes well. Uh, the Bab Jr. says, stop by to say, didn't watch NXT due to a hurricane hanging next to Florida. No. Oh, my God. I didn't even know. I've been so behind on my United States news. I didn't even know this was happening. Uh, the Bab Jr., um, I've never experienced a hurricane. So uh, I don't even know what to tell you. I can't give you any tips. But damn, I hope all is well and hopefully that it doesn't like hit hard or anything like that. Uh, Giuseppe sends in a super chat saying, Denise, what souvenirs did you bring me back from all in? <laughs> I'm waiting by my mailbox. <laughs> so I didn't even bring souvenirs for myself. I actually, you know what? I do have, oh damn, I can't reach. Uh, never mind. I have one souvenir and it's my AEW press ticket that they gave me. Uh, I figured I would save that for sure. And then, oh, I bought a, I bought a mug. I bought a mug and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I only bought the mug because I got some of the best customer service in the UK. I went to a store in Camden Market that was called From Home to London. And there was this guy there and he was so freaking nice to me. Um, I was like, I have to buy something. So I did. I bought a mug thanks to his very good customer service. Brandon Rosen says, on a scale of 1 to 10, being 10, 10 being a lot, how much go away heat does Noam Dar have? That segment with him and Elia Dragunov was annoying, says Brandon Rosen. So let's get to that. Uh, we got a quick segment where Elia Dragunov comes out, and he's talking about his match with a Trick Williams last week, and he confirms that he does not believe that Trick Williams is a sidekick and that he stood his ground and he deserves the people's respect. But then he says, my ultimate destiny is to go after the NXT championship. And during this, he is interrupted by Noam Dar and the metaphor. Now, if you guys know here, I am not a fan of Noam Dar and the metaphor. You guys know this already. And my go away heat level with the metaphor and Noam Dar is currently at an eight. And I'm being generous. I, I feel 10 is, it's a 10. Guys, I was trying to lie to you guys. I'm not going to lie. I was trying to lie to everybody right now, but I felt the BS in my face. It's a 10. It's a 10. That is how much go away heat this has for me. I much, I, I was I was having a great time with Chase University today. I'll talk about that in a second, but 
when Ilya Dragunov, who is literally my favorite person on NXT, Ilya Dragunov is a man's man, all right? He's like, he's rugged. He's a man's man. No BS. You don't mess with Ilya Dragunov, okay? Ilya has an aura, all right? He's a man's man. With that being said, the metaphor, they're children. They felt like children. What, what, why were we seeing these two worlds collide? We should not be seeing the world of metaphor and Ilya Dragunov colliding in a segment. It was not good. It was not good. I was just sitting there going, why are they doing this? Why? Why are they doing this to my man, Ilya? That was my only problem. That was my problem with that. But like they shouldn't even be in the same hemisphere. I'm sorry. Shouldn't even be in the same hemisphere. It's just on a different level. Just on a different level. Brandon Rosen, you knew what answer you were going to get. You knew what answer you were going to get. Chris Ledeck says, Denise Hope all is well. I got a new job and I'm moving to Venice. You know any good restaurants or bars around there? Ah, dude, you're moving to Venice, California? Dude, you might see Sting. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, Venice is freaking lovely. I'm pretty sure you'll be going to Venice Boulevard and or Venice Boardwalk, excuse me, Venice Boardwalk. There's a bunch of little places there, but I'm like, not the boardwalk, but like the streets before the boardwalk. I forget what they're called, but there's a bunch of restaurants there. And uh, you're pretty much so close to like Santa Monica and all these other places that you could literally go like wherever to go eat. And you'll have a lot of really good options. But I'm actually low key a little bit jealous of you for moving to Venice because Venice is freaking awesome. So, Chris, congratulations on your new job. And you're going to be living the Venice lifestyle, dude. You know what that means, man? Yeah. Actually, I don't know why I said that. Chris Ledeck, thank you so much for the super chat, man. Um, all right. So. Uh, let's see where I'm at with all of this here, guys. We got to we gotta rewind a little bit and talk some more stuff here. Um, so let's get into the situation with the opening match. So we got the steel cage match between the Creed Brothers and the Diet. And this is what opened up the show. Now, here, if you've been watching NXT religiously, you are very, very familiar with the Creed Brothers. You're very familiar with Julius and Brutus and what they can do and what they can offer. However, we hadn't seen them in a while, right? We hadn't seen them in a bit. And today they had this match where if they won, they would be reinstated into WWE and NXT. So in this match, there was a, I'm going to count this as a kidnapping because if multiple people or even a person takes another person and drags them away, That to me is a kidnapping. So we had another kidnapping on NXT and we end up seeing all of the guys that the hooded guys with the yellow mask at the schism that are always with the schism. uh, They end up taking Brutus. They just take him. They take Brutus away. And so Julius is left alone in the cage by himself, fending for himself with, you know, the rest of the diet. So it's two on one. And for the most part, Julius is able to fend for himself very, very well. There was a really cool um, spot during this match where Julius was um, had a rip in a ankle lock. And then afterwards, uh, he got Jagger 
And I hope I didn't get them right because ever since they changed their names, I always forget which one's which. But Jagger and literally slams him with one arm. And he does this at the exact same time. He's got he's dealing with one man on one side and dealing with another man on another side, doing two differently, entirely different things. It's like patting your head and rubbing your belly at the exact same time. And that's what we saw with Julius. Um, and so then Julius is doing his thing, right? Brutus finally makes his way out there. And I loved what they did with Brutus here because there were so many of these hooded guys and Brutus just came in and was cleaning house, man. He was just like, bam, pouncing these guys, bam, getting rid of them. And so then Joe Gacy starts taunting the steel cage key. And so Brutus chases him around the cage and he ends up in a spot where he meets a pile of these hooded dudes. And so Brutus just freaking takes them all out he's this one man wrecking machine and i'm thinking to myself how'd you get kidnapped like five minutes ago bro i know you got jumped but damn you had all this in you dude they made brutus look like a freaking killer and so then finally you know he goes into this match and uh we see a bunch of awesome spots with the with the creed brothers they're doing their thing uh they get the win after uh there was actually before this Brutus literally ripped the door open of the steel cage, used the steel cage door and started smashing, smashing the diet. And literally, then we finally see if the Creed brothers get their victory. But the presentation overall of both Julius and Brutus was phenomenal in this. I think they did a really good job of reminding people that the Creed brothers either solo or together are really freaking good. And I'm at the point where uh, I I hate to say this because I know that there's still a lot left to be done in NXT, but the tag team division on Raw and SmackDown, they need the Creed Brothers. The Creed Brothers, man, they would add so much freaking life to the tag team division. So much freaking life. It ain't even funny. And both of these guys, I... This is the only time in my life where I really feel like I love them as a tag team, but I also want to see what they can do separately. And I know that it's going to be a long time from now, but I really do want to see like, I want to see like 10 years, man, of these guys teaming, freaking being in singles actions, you name it. Uh, I really do think that both of these guys in years from now, a couple years from now, they're going to be championship material, world championship material. For both Brutus and Julius. Uh, these guys, man, they're it. They're definitely it. Um, so that's pretty much all I got to say about that. We already talked about the women's match. So let's go ahead and get into the other thing that was huge. Uh, but before we do, let's go ahead and get this super chat in here. Um, and this one's from Chris Ledeck. It says, I live in Irvine, California. Currently, it's kind of boring, to be honest. Here's the thing about Irvine really quickly. Irvine is really freaking fancy. All right. Chris, you live in Irvine. That tells me you're loaded, bro. That tells me you're loaded. <laughs> All right. You can always tell when someone's loaded, depending on what city they live in in California. Guys, Chris Ledeck, my man, he's living in Irvine. He's moving to Venice. This guy's loaded. I'm out here blasting Chris. Chris Ledeck's probably like this girl out here telling everybody my business. Not for real, dude. In all honesty, I love Irvine. Uh, I would love to move to Irvine. All right. Can't afford it. They're too freaking expensive. Their houses cost like millions of dollars, but it's really freaking nice. Uh, 
They got clean streets. You got the Irvine spectrum. The only thing that really sucks though about Irvine though is that they're too far. Like you just feel very far from everything. Uh, and it just takes too long to get there. But um, anyways, I like Irvine. I really do. All right, uh, moving on from this. Um, yeah, Kyler Jones says the spectrum is so nice. Kyler, I mean, Kyler, come, I don't know why I call you Kyler Jones. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kyler. I literally talk to you every single day and I just messed up your own last name. Um, but yeah, the spectrum, the Irvine spectrum is very nice. It very is. Um, all right. So moving on from here, uh, let's get into the Global Heritage Invitational. So this is pretty dope. I'm really excited about what they announced here um, with this uh, tournament. I love here's the thing I do love about NXT a whole lot is that they do make sure to come up with creative ways to, you know, come up with new number one contenders to come up with people that um, like to give people an opportunity. And even when they're not challenging for a title or anything like that there's cool stuff happening in between they do a lot of these tournaments invitational different types of things so um this is what we got here and let me pull up the bracket so they basically did the round robin style where they're gonna have group a group b and on group a they got butch charlie dempsey tyler Bate, and axiom so group a is like really freaking loaded in my opinion uh group b they got nathan frazier joe coffee akira tozawa and duke Hudson and basically you win a match you get two points if it's a draw you get uh, one point if you lose it's no points and each round is 12 minutes and then uh, the winner of group a faces the winner of group b and then the winner of that ends up facing uh the ends up facing noam dar at no mercy so today we actually got uh to see butch versus charlie dempsey this match to be honest was um i didn't think it was that great it was okay it was fine but um butch wins with the bitter end cool very happy he gets two points nice nathan frazier uh versus joe coffee i actually thought they were gonna have nathan frazier kind of win this one off to get him off to a good start but he actually ends up taking a little bit of a loss here <laughs> a little bit of a loss he got a loss here. Uh, Joe, Joe Coffey Joe Coffee gets the win here. But um, this match, though, I did enjoy a lot more than the Butch Charlie Dempsey one. And Nathan Frazier, he goes out there and he's running out there when he's got so much freaking adrenaline during this match. There's this one point where he goes for a dive. He kind of overshots it a little bit, but uh, he gets a dive. Right after that, he hits a frog splash. Like, dude is running on adrenaline. It's very fun to see. He goes to the top rope. He does this Phoenix splash. It looks freaking crazy. Don't even know how many flips was in that. Uh, but Joe Coffey moves out of the way and then comes in, <clears throat> hits him with a clothesline, and wins the match here. So uh, a nice victory for Joe Coffey. I was a little, I was pleasantly surprised by that. Pleasantly surprised by that. Um. <laughs> uh, we got Warhammer who says, Chris, can I borrow 122,448.57 with 89 cents? Bro, that's too much money. I can't even say the number. Warhammer, thank you so much for the super chat. <laughs> All right, um, moving on. Okay, so keeping here with the Global Heritage Invitational. So I'm looking at this bracket here, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. Over on Group A, I, I mean, I have a feeling it's per... Uh, I'm just a bigger fan of Butch and then Tyler Bate. I really like Tyler Bate. 
Uh, Charlie Dempsey, I think, is great, too. But I just haven't necessarily been, like, completely won over just yet. It hasn't happened for me. Axiom is... Well, Axiom's Axiom. He's pretty freaking cool, too. But I would actually like to see uh, Butch come out the winner there. But I just don't know if they're going to do that because I'm pretty sure they're going to want to get someone from NXT over. And Butch is already on the main roster doing his own thing. So who knows? It might be Tyler Bate. We'll see. Um, over on Group B, uh, I'm sorry, but Nathan Frazier to me is is the man. Nathan Frazier to me is the man here. Uh, they got freaking Akira Tozawa. No offense, but I'm not... <laughs> I love Akira Tozawa. He's funny as hell, but I'm definitely not expecting him to take this all the way. Uh, I would definitely say that my prediction here, though. Uh, damn, I they have a couple of options here, guys. And the more serious options to me are Nathan, Butch, and Charlie Dempsey, and Tyler Bate as the real legitimate options here for who could go on to face Noam Dar. All right, and uh, let's go ahead and move on from here. Uh, we got a quick backstage segment with the Street Profits. Uh, they appear, they ask Carmelo what's next. We'll talk more about Carmelo in just a second. Uh, and they're out there kind of bonding with uh, freaking Tony D and Channing Stacks Lorenzo. We also get a backstage segment with Mustafa Ali and Dragon Lee. And basically Mustafa Ali tells them like, bro, you struck out. You had your chance to actually defeat Dominic Mysterio. You didn't. I'm next up to bat. People here deserve a real NXT North American champion. And so Dragon Lee, uh, <laughs> so he says, it's my turn. I'm going to get this match. And Dragon Lee's like, I don't got any faith in him. But he says it in Spanish. And anyway, so next week we're going to be end up seeing um, – Mustafa Ali versus Dragon Lee with Dominic Mysterio as the special guest referee. So that should be fun. And we've never seen Dominic Mysterio in a special guest referee situation. So that should definitely be interesting. Um, we already talked about Ilya Dragunov. Let's get into Von, Von uh, Wagner and Braun Breaker. And basically here, Von Wagner cuts a promo. Not a bad promo. Honestly, for Von Wagner, not a bad promo. He comes out and he starts saying how he's tired of uh, Braun blindsiding him. Um, blinding him excuse me and they're going to be having a match next week no disqualification later on in the show we see another confrontation between baron corbin and braun breaker we've been seeing this now for the last couple of weeks uh so they're kind of in this i would say triangle they're they're in this love triangle right now because von wagner <laughs> von wagner's got his eye on freaking um baron corbin braun breaker they're all intertwined right now uh it is what it is. To me, the interest is definitely between Braun and Baron. But you know what, though? Von Wagner, he's holding up in there. He's holding his own a little bit. He's holding it in there. He's he's hitting his slogan. You're going to get tabled. I'm so, I can't buy it. I can't buy it still. It's too silly to me that you're going to get tabled. Brandon Rosen says, so much for Mustafa Ali's new gimmick. I mean, they could, I don't know if they did anything for Heat Wave last week, but I was kind of expecting a little bit more pizzazz today. But he came out, he did his thing. He made good points, honestly. He made good points. Dragon Lee lost. Mustafa Ali is up next. Cool. He made some good points. But yeah, I would like to see a lot more of the uh, actual, um, of the actual politician stuff, because that was pretty funny. I did like that a whole lot. Um, oh, yeah, and Brandon tells me that they didn't. Oh, shit. So they haven't done anything to follow up then from the last time that we saw the politician uh, video. Huh. I 
That's interesting. All right. I was hoping that I might have missed something, but I guess not. Um, Eddie Thorpe versus Dijak. Guys, I did not like this match. I thought this match sucked. There was nothing that really stood out to me. Um, Dijak went with, uh, he wraps. There is a, mo- so they got the, they, they're fighting for a belt during this. <laughs> it looks kind of lame, but they're fighting for this belt. And in the end, Dijak ends up wrapping that belt around his fist. Bam. Popping Eddie Thorpe in the face. Hits him with the spinning kick. Wins the match. Uh, there, this, I've seen better from Dijak. I've definitely seen better from Dijak. And I think that there could have been a lot more done here to just showcase Eddie Thorpe just a little bit more, at least in my opinion. So I wasn't too big of a fan for this one. Um, but we need to talk about something that I wasn't expecting. And that is Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes having tension. So... When Trick Williams separated from Carmelo Hayes, the thing that I personally enjoyed, and we talked about this, was that he did it in a way where it wasn't disrespectful. He just wanted to make a name for himself. He didn't want to be his sidekick anymore, and he wanted to do his own thing. And they mutually respected each other. They mutually broke things off. It was all good. And I liked it. We don't get breakups like that. Usually somebody betrays the other person. No, this one was just, this one was just uh, very straightforward. I'm going a different direction. You're going a different direction. Cool. But this time, Carmelo Hayes confronts Trick Williams. And he tells them that he can't get it out of his mind that people think that the only reason he defeated Ilya Dragunov was because Trick Williams was there. And Trick starts telling them, like, dude, you got to block out that noise. It's not true. You got to block out that noise. And so then Carmelo looks to him and he says, you've been in the ring with Elia. Do you think I can beat him? And Trick's kind of like, yeah, he's not really answering that fast. He's, he really isn't. And Carmelo reads into that and he gets butt hurt. And he starts, he's like, he gets mad. They, he's like, I can't believe you're saying this. And there's this tension building up. And so the there's this, it's just, he leaves. He leaves, he's pissed off. And Trick Williams is just like, man. After the show, we end up seeing Carmelo Hayes going to Shawn Michaels' office. So from the looks of it, we're probably going to get a rematch, baby. We're probably going to get a rematch between Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. And I'm smiling big because if you saw that match and we get it again, you know what we're going to get and you know it's going to be freaking good. And so I don't care what they do with this story. I don't care if some of this stuff doesn't make sense to me because it doesn't. There's some stuff in this Ilya Dragon. I mean, this Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes stuff that isn't making too much sense. I don't care. I just want to see the match again. That is how much I loved it. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, But yeah, I think the only thing that I didn't like was the whole thing with Carmelo and Trick Williams. And all of a sudden, Carmelo was, you know, really mad. And that just wasn't who he was, but that's who he is now. So we're just running with it. Whatever. I don't care. I want to see Carmelo Hayes, Elia. And I think if we see it again, I do think Elia is defeating him. And then we're probably going to go into a program with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes because they already planted the seeds that this could be something that they uh, circle back to. Uh, there's Unless it's just like a friendly argument between two former best friends, or I don't know if they're still considered best friends. I don't know. Um, maybe. 
But I do feel like they did plant some seeds there so that Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes can, you know, circle back to that. We'll see. We will see. Um, John Deller sends in a super chat saying, what is your opinion of Thea and JC? Yes. So that is the next topic we're getting into. And it's actually the last thing I got to talk about. And that is so Andre Chase is doing Chase University. He's teaching his class. He's doing his lessons. And um, Thea Hale doesn't show up. She plays hooky. She doesn't show up to her class. And so Andre Chase is upset. And Duke Hudson's trying to like, you know, please both sides. He's trying to be Switzerland and all of this. And he's trying to make both of them happy and kind of be friends again. But she's not having it. She's not friends with him either. She doesn't care. She's rebelling. We've been talking about this, the changes that we're seeing in Thea Hale. And now she's doing what every young bad girl does. And that is make friends with another girl who is a bad, bad influence. She's a good girl gone bad. And this reminds me of an episode of Full House. Do you guys remember when Stephanie was hanging out with Gia and Gia was having her do all these bad things? You know, she was trying to get her to smoke, trying to get her to go on this fast car ride, this joy ride with all the guys. Y'all remember that episode with Full House, Gia and Stephanie? This is literally, this is literally what this is reminding me of. It was the first thing that popped into my head between um, JC Jane and uh, and Thea Hale. And so now I kind of, I'm ready. I want to see JC Jane start to get Thea Hale into like her bad girl self, get her into some black leather, maybe have her get a piercing uh, the way that I did in London because I was feeling edgy. Um, I want to see that. I want to start seeing Thea Hale. Uh, we, we've been talking about this. We're going to be seeing some changes in Thea. Uh, and I'm waiting for it. I don't want no slow burn. I want to see it happen. I want to see her be this bad girl. Wrap her up in black leather, guys. Let's do this. Uh, I'm ready for it. And so they're kind of super irritated. They're watching her go off and hang out with JC Jane. And they're looking at her like two dads that just completely failed with their child. That's literally what this all looks like. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of what they're doing here. And I think... This is also a good thing for JC Jane. I think that this could be uh, giving her character a little bit of a, you know, I'm not going to say a change because she's so good at being the bad girl. But I feel like what I'm thinking is going to happen with JC and Thea. I think that Thea, again, is going to turn bad. But she's always going to be like a good girl, like deep down. Like that's always going to be Thea Hale's core. But she's going to start behaving bad. And so, and so JC Jane is going to be, you know, the person that I think helps her out with that or who knows. And I think eventually either she's going to completely go this direction or this is probably going to lead to a program with Thea Hale and JC Jane. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if this is officially going to lead to the breakup of Chase U. I think at some point they do got to break up. They, the, the friendship has got to come to an end. To me, that's the payoff in all of this. I do want to see it come to an end. But then again, I'm not that big of a fan of Chase U. So I know there's probably people that are like, nope, they're going to have to come back and be happy. And everybody's going to be happy and make cupcakes. And what's that one girl from Mean Girls when she says, I just want everybody to hug and kiss and eat cupcakes and love each other. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's some people that want that would Chase U. But I want to see the downfall. I want to see Chase U crash and burn and everybody go off in their separate ways and 
It's always going to be that memory that reminds them of the good old days. But now everybody's changed. Thea Hale is going to be a bad girl. And I'm here for it. Ooh, I'm ready for it. I'm excited. All right. uh, Let's see what else we got here. Uh, I think we got everything. John Deller, thank you so much for that super chat and uh, getting me into that last last topic of the day. Cadillac Carson says, I want JC to pressure Thea to drink alcohol. (laughs) They're just going to have her be like, it would be really funny, actually, if they had her in these all these situations that like people go through. Because let's be real, like if you're an adolescent, and there are going to be. Now we're all different, of course, and some of us succumbed to peer pressure, and some of us did not, and we were labeled squares, we were labeled geeks, we were labeled goody two shoes. Um, it would be funny if we were to see something like that, where JC starts pressuring Thea and Thea's maybe not too sure. Maybe she does a couple of things. We'll see. I think they can have fun with that, especially since NXT does all of those vignettes. I think they can come up with some creative stuff for that. We'll see. Uh, yeah, Kyler points out, by the way, that Thea's like 20 years old. So it makes literally perfect sense to do a storyline like that with her. She's going to be Stephanie Tanner. That's who she's going to be. She's going to be Stephanie Tanner. She's going to turn into a bad girl. All right, guys. That is NXT uh, for Tuesday, August 29th. Tomorrow, I will be back once again, and I will be joined by my good friend, my co-host, Righteous Reg, and we will be talking about AEW Dynamite, the fallout to AEW All In. I want to thank you guys so much. Before I go, just a friendly reminder, if you guys haven't checked out any of my interviews from this week, check them out, man. Check out the interviews. Check out the media scrums. But more importantly, my favorite, and I mean absolute favorite video of the week, I just posted today. It is um, a video that I've been wanting to do, and I actually did one for members only, and I did one with Will uh, at last year's was it all out? Yeah, it was all out. We did a video where we interviewed fans. And so I did one by myself for All In. I literally stood at Wembley Way and I interviewed fans as they were coming through. And I was able to talk to a couple of people. I got some great people too. They gave me some good sound bites and some good material. And so I made a compilation video. It's only four minutes long, but I think it'll really give people an insight as to what the vibe and what the atmosphere was like at for the people in Wembley and how there was people that traveled from all different parts of the world and they all went because they just wanted to be part of this historic event. So check it out. I really love that video. It's doing good numbers so far. So uh, I hope it pushes just a little bit more of you guys go and check it out. Again, it's only four minutes of your time. Uh, give it some love. It's a fun one. Alrighty, everybody. That is it. Thank you guys so much. And I will see you guys back here tomorrow. Bye, everyone.